Greetings and salutations and welcome to what we're calling the DC Supercast. This is a special podcast uh, that has been kind of put together by the hosts of Legends TV Talk, which would be Kyle Krause, uh, Matt Bell, and yours truly, Will Benson. We've decided to go ahead and interview the other TV talk show hosts uh, and let them kind of wax a little bit about what they think might be coming up for their shows here in the home stretch of the TV season. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to be talking to Frank, the host of Supergirl TV Talk. We'll be talking to Bo, the host of Flash TV Talk. And we're actually going to interview Kyle Krause, our own host from Legends TV Talk. He's kind of our biggest fan of Arrow. So we thought we'd give him a shot at talking to us a little bit more about Arrow. But first, Bell, Kyle, and I sat down with Frank one of the hosts of the great podcast, Supergirl TV Talk. He goes over uh, thoughts of what this season has been, how the changes for moving networks from CBS to the CW have gone, and what he'd like to see come up next season. This is not a podcast or an interview you want to miss, so we're going to switch right over now to Frank from Supergirl TV Talk. Take it away. All right, so we are here live with Frank. He's one of the hosts of Supergirl TV Talk. Frank, are you there? Sure am. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. <laughs> so, and uh, Bell's going to be in and out here, but uh, we wanted to talk to Frank a little bit about Supergirl. He's the host of Supergirl TV Talk with him and, and Tim, correct? And Tim is somewhere uh, singing Final Countdown over Europe, that's, if I'm not mistaken? That's my understanding, yes. Yes. Tim is... Uh, <laughs> Is 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 like the Pied Piper leading uh, leading his students across Europe and singing the the, the the final countdown. I'm not sure why he's a piper, but that was a weird choice on his part. <laughs> Thank you guys for having so me. You just wanted to do the Flash <clears throat> TV talk now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a pleasure to be joining you guys. Thanks so much. Well, we love to have you. I mean, you know, Supergirl TV talks one of my you know I, I spend two hours a day in the car, so it's one of my weeklies. Um, I have a few. You know, Flash TV Talk, Supergirl TV Talk, Nerdist. And, uh, you know, so... <laughs> and, I mean, you know, as we're going on hiatus, I don't know what I'm going to do over the summer, but um, I wanted to kind of get uh, you know get with you, and, and I was going to get with Tim, but, you know, he had to go be European. Um, <laughs> I, wanted to t- I wanted to talk to you guys about, like, you know, we're coming into the finale season here. We've got, like, what, four or five weeks when they come back in on April 24th, right? 25th? Yeah, we've got... We'll have... Four episodes starting in late April, going into into May sweeps into late May, and yep. and then that'll be it. So, and now when do you guys record? You guys almost record like right after, right? We uh it, we usually record uh, Tuesday night, the night the night okay. after, but but we have been known to record right away, <laughs> uh, minutes after episode ends, uh you know for special occasions or when uh, when it's most convenient. But yeah, usually for like premieres finales, we tend to do them same night. All right. Well, so cause, so let's. I'm looking right here, and Supergirl returns April 24th, so they should have a new cast about April 25th, right? Right, right around there. Yeah, 25th, okay, 26th, cool. you'll be seeing something new. Oh, so that all let de- me ask. That you- all depends on when Tim comes back, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if he comes back, let's face it, we have a new. Pre- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, I just want to let me ask you this now. I mean, okay, this year Supergirl, uh, there's been major changes from season one to season two. Um, you know, they switched, you know, where they film from L.A. to Vancouver. Uh, they switched networks from CBS to CW. Um, what do you think about the move? Like, what do you think overall season two would have been your thoughts? 
Um, it's definitely a, a very different feel um, on the CW than it was on CBS. I mean, on CBS, it was very, very, season one was very focused on Kara, and the supporting characters were just that, supporting characters. And while they had their um, their storyline, the storylines, their story arcs that um, that were sort of supporting, uh, they were not their own characters quite as much as they are this, this season. So I, I like that Alex has had her own uh, arc, and... Uh, win and like all, all these <clears throat> characters and even Jean have had these stories of their own um, that are being told you know more fully more, more fully formed so I, I like that um, though that's something that I do like <clears throat> on the other hand you know there is something to be said for there was more Kara uh, more of the time uh, in season one whereas she because the uh, other characters are, are uh, more prominent now um, there are times when she kind of takes a little bit of a sideline. So there's, you know, a little bit of good and bad. But overall, I, I've enjoyed season two, you know, immensely. And I think that uh, it was it was the right move. It puts it in the same format sort of as Flash and Arrow and, and Legends. And uh, in terms of the, the, the stories are formatted similarly. And you end up with uh, you end up with a, a really good show. A really fun show. So, so it's more like you're kind of you're kind of down with like what some people have thought with regards to Supergirl becoming more of, you know, moving towards the CW mindset of first season being the hero by him or herself, mm-hmm. and season two being more about Team Supergirl this year or Team Flash yeah. Team. Yeah, you know, so that, you're good with that. I'm I'm all right with it, you know, so far because it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, to see Alex, to see Wynn, to see these characters um, who are. Uh, really, really fun in, in the way that they're fleshed out. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm all right with it being sort of Team Supergirl um, because she's still very clearly at the helm. You know, she, she's she's the leader um, without without a doubt. So um, I, I don't... I've heard the complaints in the commentary that, oh, she's, you know, a secondary character in her own show. I don't agree with that. I think that she very, is very much, very clearly, um, you know, the lead character. Um, but there happen to be other characters as well, and I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. Excellent. Well, I know Cadmus is the big bad for the season. How do you think the season will end? And with that in with that in mind, uh, I mean, news broke today. I mean, hours before the, of this, that Superman will be coming back for the season two finale. So, what do you think um, his role will be in the finale? My hope is that his role will be a supporting one uh i mean superman is my favorite my favorite you know comic book character of all time don't don't get me wrong but this is supergirl's show and they've been really good about his couple of appearances at the beginning of the season they've been really good about um making sure that he didn't overshadow her um and and you know she has has saved him several times now uh between season one and season two so I am really excited he's coming back. Uh, I think his role will be more of, you know, helping her, letting her be the, um, you know, be the lead. And he will be, like, there there to support her. I I, I think that um, in an effort to take down Cadness, and this is not a, this is not spoiler at all. This is just my guess and my speculation. I think in an effort to take down Cadmus, um, Monel will end up sacrificing himself in some way. He, and uh, you know, I think, I think he will either, either, and I, I doubt he'll die. I think something 
will end up happening to him. Either he'll end up in the Phantom Zone, or that's what's my thinking you know, right there. Yeah, or, or or he'll end up going to the future and and being with the Legion, or be a founding member of the Legion, or something something along those lines. I would personally love to see him in the Phantom Zone. That's that's my that's what I would like to have happen. Um, I, and I think that then there's space for him to come back in 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 some form, and there's some you know sort of unrequited like, oh, I have to be in here because of lead poisoning and I have to stay here, but, you know, we can communicate with each other once in a while and, you know, the longing for each other type of thing is, is something that I'm interested in. So I, I think that, that that could be cool um, to have him go back to his comic book roots and, and end up in the, in the Phantom Zone um, and, and to have him do it to save the planet or save Kara, um, you know, after having learned from her how to be a hero, I think would be really, really um, a good payoff for his character. And to have Superman play a role in that in... Um, and helping Kara uh, save uh, save the world, save uh, that might be where they have to go to the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. That might be, that might be right. They might have to go to him to get the Phantom Zone projector, or however they choose to do it. So, yeah. So you would be you would you let's let's put this let's put this right out on the table. Do you want a Legion? Yes. Like, would you like to see a Legion show? Like, say season four of Legend or season three of Legends ends, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're done. Legion of Superheroes next yeah, year. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, I'm all over that. I mean, they, they've already shown us in Supergirl and on The Flash that, that they've shown us Legion rings in both shows. So yep. we know it exists in this universe. Um, so I see absolutely no reason why not to have the Legion. I, I know I I am not a huge fan of the Legion, admittedly, and I've said this on our show. I, you know, I... Um, Legion stories are not always the most exciting to me, whether in comics or or on TV. Um, you know, when, whenever I've seen them in, in animation or, or like on Smallville, for example, in live action. So I, they're not always the most exciting to me. But still, I would love to see where this team, you know, this team of producers of Berlanti and Kreisberg and, 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 and this whole team, would um, where they would take a, uh, a Legion show. I think that would be really fun, especially if it was sort of a spinoff. You know, having Monel or having some characters, um, maybe characters from from Legends too. You know, kind of kind of uh, play a role there. I, I love those characters too, so oh, yeah. I'd love to see these characters we've we've come to to know and love uh, play some kind of a role with the Legion. That, that'd be really fun. So, what would you like to see done differently in season three of Supergirl? I, I mean, I'd really like to see. I'd really like to see. Um, some something they did really well in season one was um, bringing in some of Supergirl's uh, specific villains um, that are that are kind of paired with her. And, and, and admittedly, she's got a pretty small, you know, specific Supergirl rogues gallery. But I really like seeing Silver Banshee and and uh, you know some of those characters um, uh, appear in in season one. And I'd like to see that come back in season three. Not that they didn't they didn't. Um, do, they did more Superman villains in season two, you know, with Mickey Spitalik, um and uh, Metallo, and I would even say Lena Luther. Like she's yeah, just even Lena Luther, and she's she's sticking around too, which which yes. is an interesting point. So I've been fascinated by her because I have not been able to tell is she good or is she evil. I just cannot, you know, uh, nail down because one minute I think she's evil, and the next minute I think she's good. Um, I think there have been signs on both sides of that to. to to keep us guessing, so I'm glad she'll be staying for season three. That's been confirmed, um, and I'd I'd like to to get to the bottom of her arc. And finally, I'd like to see Maxwell Lord come back with the uh, Omega Hedron and pay that off. 
Very yes, much so. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking about season three and going off of uh, Bell's question, uh, James. James has not had mm-hmm. that much screen time this season. So do you feel that James is a needed character going forward into season three? You know, that's a tough question. Um, I'm... James is one of my favorite characters. I feel like he's being underutilized. I feel like he has so much to offer. The The history of, of you know, Jimmy Olsen um, is such a rich history that I, I feel really, really should be explored more. Um, there's so much, there's so many stories that can be retold and adapted in this format that, are, that aren't right now. And I'm, I'm, I am a little sad that we haven't seen a lot of him in season two, that he kind of took a back seat because his you know main main role in season 1 was to be um was to be this love uh, interest this love interest yeah thank you for for Kara <laughs> and once that storyline went away and they decided to just be friends he kind of just disappeared and you know he's been doing the guardian thing but um but i i haven't been really satisfied with with that storyline and he hasn't he's been pretty absent for a lot of time so i i i do feel he's needed because you know i I think you need him to be that tie back to the superman mythos and he's he's the only character we have right now who's like part of the actual superman team you know like there's no lois there there's no but he's he is the tie so i love um i love having him there and i wish that we had him as much as we did in season one so i hope that he um plays more of a role in season three well, let me ask you that. I mean, I mean, do you think then that the writers, in trying to make, in trying to change him from Jimmy to James, and in trying to take this character who's always been a secondary, kind of, um, he's kind of been the, forgive me for the, you know, for the, he's been the victim. Like he's been like the boyish girl in stereotypical <laughs> '60s comics, where he was always the one getting into trouble, because sure. Lois Lane was this superhuman powerhouse, and while she was still getting in trouble. He was kind of acting more like the stereotypical damsel in distress, but he was a guy. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I, th- I think changing him to James. I mean, I've often posited the fact that I think they wrote themselves in a corner, and it's not Jimmy per se. It's it's something different. I mean, what do you think about that? Is that kind of do you wonder about that at all? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if, you know, let's go back to the origin of the character. The character started um, on the the radio show, the Superman Adventures of Superman radio show in the 40s because they felt like they needed to have a young character that the young male audience, the boy, you know, young boys listening to the radio show every day um, could identify with. Dick Grayson. So, so it, exactly. It was, he, exactly. Dick Grayson, same thing. So people felt like they needed to, or the, the writers at the time felt like they needed to have this character. And obviously then he bled into the comics and then he was on TV and eventually movies and everything else. Um, but I, I, I think, um, I, you know, so yes, the character has evolved. There have been versions of this character though, that are not sort of the, the, the damsel in distress. You know, there have been versions of this character. I mean, even as recently as, Lois and Clark in the 90s, and uh, even, to some extent, Smallville. Like, the, you can tell stories about about Jimmy Olsen. I mean, you call him James, whatever. Right. Um, you, can tell, you can tell stories where he doesn't have to be sort of the, oh, no, help me, Superman. Here's my signal watch. Come find me. Um, right. You, you, can, you can do fun storytelling where he's a supporting character, um, you know, at the... In Superman's stories, at the Daily Planet, and, and then he's 
you know, he's been he's been Clark's roommate at times, things like that. You can do fun stuff like that, um, where he doesn't need to be sort of a uh, helpless person. He could still keep some of the Guardian stuff going around. Um, it, right. it, so I, I feel like there is a way to do it in which he doesn't need to be like that, um, and and that he can still play a larger role than he has been playing in season two. So I, I hope to see something like that. Maybe they do feel like they've written themselves into a corner. I don't know. I hope that if they do feel that way, that they that they write themselves out because um, I think he's a worthwhile character. I think I would I would think part of their problem has been putting him in this position, putting him in the Cat Grant office. Like, they need that voice. That's what Snapper was provided, but now yeah. he hasn't been around in a while. Yeah. Like, they need that voice back, and he needs to kind of go back into being an underling. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that yeah. way he can be around when she's causing trouble as opposed to being the boss going, what the heck's going on, Car? Even though he's not her boss now. But, she, you know, it's an interesting concept and idea. So Yeah, I, I think that maybe, maybe what they should have done was, you know, have Snapper come in at and replace um, Kat in her, in her old job and be in her office and have James, um, you know, stay at the sort of the same, the same level he was at um, and leave that, leave that in place. I feel like that's, that maybe would have been the better move, but you know, who am I to say? I'm not, I'm not, I don't write for the show and, and I really love what the writers have done. So I'm not going to criticize them, but, um, but in my personal opinion, maybe, maybe that would have worked better. Um, in terms of the, like, uh, characters, like the, uh, let me just start this again. Ha! Take two. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Alex had a big, big change this season in terms of coming out as gay. Uh, how do you feel about the changes uh, to her character? Has it been a win or has it been distracting to you in a whole? Total win. Total win for me. I, I think that it was it was an unexpected move and it was such a good move because i mean look at if you look at twitter you look at tumblr or even just like reading emails that we receive to the podcast and and even is built into like itunes reviews too people are people who who i mean young young gay women who who enjoy this show who were already looking to supergirl for a, a female hero they could look up to um, are now finding not only that Supergirl is a hero for them, but that Alex is is a hero for them in in what she's gone through this season. And I've gotten dozens of emails this season um, from young gay women saying, like, you know, thank you so much for talking about Alex in a positive light and not just sort of you know dumping on on her and and, and criticizing her. Or I, it's so important to have this kind of representation and and to have it be positive and to have it be um, not a not a big deal. Like the fact that when when she came out to the rest of the cast, um, you know, in the alien cantina bar there. Um, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. You got the reference. Um, but the fact that you know, they were all just like, oh, okay, cool. Like moving on. Um, I I love I love that. Uh, she's accepted and she is a sort of a role model for um for young women who are going through the same thing she is so i i really value that um you know it's it's not it's not uh, doesn't have the same personal significance to me right because that's not my experience but i'm so happy for the to have to read all the feedback from people online and and in our inbox from from people who really are affected by this it's just a beautiful 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 thing to see so it's only a win to me 
Do you want to see any more crossovers with the other CW shows now that it's on the same network? Oh, man. I just hate when all my favorite characters get together and, and there's really fun story. Of course I want to see more crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course. Like, the, the, that was as, – as much as there was, some, there was some weirdness with this year's big crossover of, like <laughs> – it was only in like 30 seconds of Supergirl, and then it was in The Flash, and then Arrow was the 100th episode, and then it kind of paid off in, in, in Legends, so it was sort of up and down and all over the place if you watched all four nights. Still, it was super fun to see like The Flash and Supergirl and Green Arrow fighting freaking aliens! Like, come on! <laughs> like, so, 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 yes, I do want to see more of it. I loved the duet crossover uh, with, with Supergirl and The Flash as well, the musical crossover. That was really fun. That's something that Tim and I called in our very, very first episode of our podcast. Um, I remember. Literally in the title of, of the episode. Uh, music voice so, yeah that was a fantastic episode it was it was so much it was so much fun like that we we like jokingly called it and then it actually happened um like almost two years later was was nuts so um that was really fun to watch the the big Fortnite event was really fun to watch hopefully the next time they do it um it will be a little more comprehensive and all the shows will get to participate um and be part of the crossover a little more fully and the story will sort of you know flow better but um but it was insanely fun to, to watch, something that when I was a kid, like, I never would have dreamt of. I mean, even, like, five years ago, I wouldn't have dreamt of. Um, when Smallville was on the air, I, I frequently re- reference Smallville because it was my favorite. It is, like, my favorite um, comic book TV show ever um, and one of my favorite TV shows ever. It um, it was sort of like, oh, man, they're going to do a, a Justice League episode, except, you know, they're not really the Justice League yet, and they have to wear, like... It's it's 2006, so we're just gonna have them wear like hoodies that kind of look like the costumes. A hoodie uh, because that's like, cyborg. Uh, because you know it's like 2006, and we're not ready for like you know it's too it's still too uh, audiences aren't ready for that yet. But like now, we have a now look how far we've come in, in like 10 years, where we have a comic book movie coming out on in theaters like every three to six months, and uh, and and the CW has four DC comic shows, you know for for three nights of the week like that's uh i don't know it's pretty great in my book so yeah i want to see more of this stuff because now we're at a place where this is possible with like amazing effects amazing story writing amazing uh directors being pulled in amazing talent you know actors so so i'm all for it like like bring on the crossovers don't overdo it do it i think one or two a year is a good pace and um and and keep it to a good level of quality like they have and and i want to see as much as they can give us all right. Well, that that's kind of what we have here. Why don't you tell us uh, about your podcast, where they can find it, when you guys record? Um, you know, give us a, give us your super duper plug for Supergirl TV Talk. <laughs> All right, uh, sounds sounds good. You can find us at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Basically, Tim and I get together every week after this new episode of Supergirl, and we we talk through it. Um, we read listener emails. We uh, we talk through the entire episode and, and stop along the way to. Uh, you know, sort of geek out and and uh, and give our commentary on it, give our predictions for what we think is going to happen next, and uh, uh, we we kind of cap things off at the end with talking about you know whatever happened in the tra- in the trailer for the following episode, maybe some speculation based on that that kind of thing. So um, it's it's a lot of fun. We always love uh, you know getting listener emails and iTunes reviews. We always read those on the show. So SupergirlTVTalk.com, or you can follow us at TV Supergirl on Twitter uh, and. Uh, and those are the those are the main ways. If you go to SupergirlTVTalk.com, you'll find how to send us emails and, and everything else right there. We've got a, a new site that we're we're pretty happy with. So, 
check it out. And you can, of course, find us on iTunes and Google Play and, you know, uh, Satchel and everywhere else. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, uh, Tim, Kyle, Bell, everybody. Thanks. Uh, it's been fun, and we'll uh, see you guys soon. Thanks again. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Thanks. Bye.
All right, I want to thank you, Tim, for uh, giving us that interview there. We are now going to interview the incredible, the indimitable, the effervescent Bo York from Flash TV Talk. We got a chance to sit down with him a little bit to talk about what he thinks about Season 3, where he sees things going in Season 4, and just general hilarity will always ensue. Uh, Bo's been one of our greatest supporters here at Legends TV Talk. He even kind of hung out with us one point this season. So we're going to bring Bo in here now, and I really think you're going to enjoy this interview with him. Here he is. Okay, up next, we're going to be speaking to Bo York. He is the uh, host, along with our own Matt Bell of Flash TV Talk, which is the probably, would you say, Bo, the premier Flash uh, podcast out there right now? Uh, I would say that we are the uh, number one rated Flash podcast. That that <laughs> that's uh, if nothing like else, it. we at least claim that for sure. Well, that's awesome. So uh, you know, that, in actuality, I mean, that's how I came to start doing this, and uh, I think Kyle too. I mean, we we both did podcasts before. No, 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 no. You can't blame me for this, guys. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, you were my inspiration. You're my personal hero. Oh so. man. Okay, this is getting. <laughs> This is getting deep, creepy, and uh, and and flattering really quickly. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. By the way, that was a lovely shirt you were wearing today. But um, <laughs> sorry, I'm kidding. Where Go are you? Where's the camera? Are you pulling <laughs> Slade Wilson on me? What's going on? Something like that. Right. So um, we we want to talk today. Uh, like I like I we've uh, already interviewed uh, Supergirl uh, Frank over at Supergirl, and we're interviewing Kyle for. Uh, to talk a little bit about Arrow, but we wanted to talk to you as we get ready for the uh, the big spring push, the big spring sweeps period, as it were, uh, leading up to the season finale of The Flash. And we just kind of wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk a little bit about what you think is going to happen, where you think things are going to go, how happy you are, what you would like to see next year, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I want to start off by just kind of asking, um, how do you feel this season about the Flashpoint repercussions? Like the change in vibes history, Killer Frost becoming part of this world, uh, Kid Flash, and please don't sing part of your world from Little Mermaid. No. You know, I, anything else that kind of – the repercussions of Flashpoint. How do you feel about that this season? You know, I know a lot of people kind of going into it uh, had a, some pretty high expectations. Uh, it almost seemed like the, the excitement was at like prequel level uh, uh, excitement where just everybody had kind of this notion of what they wanted Flashpoint to be. And, you know, I said several times going into this season that I did not expect, you know, us to be in like a Flashpoint universe. I, I knew what I wanted, but I also knew what was more realistic of being like, you know, maybe if we're lucky, a few episodes. And, and you know, they really took it in a very different direction and they made it their own. That's something that this series and, and in fact, just kind of this universe, this creative team has done over and over again is they've taken some excellent source material and they've really made it their own. And that's not, you know, that's not a bad thing in the slightest. Um, you know, the, the repercussions of flashpoint have been interesting to follow. And it's also, uh, what's the best way to say it? It's, it's added to the lore of how the flash series is interpreting time travel and, and how that is impacting. You know, we've, we, we see how the rules kind of change from time to time, uh, specifically within the context of the flash. And so as the rules change, it's kind of the, the weight is on us, I guess, as viewers to kind of piece together why they're different this time. It's kind of, uh, you know, if, if we saw it happen, it must be true. So now we have to kind of headcanon our way around, you know, so how does history change of this timeline yet, 
you know, Eobard Thawne was actually Harrison Wells, even though he was eradicated from time. You know, there's, there's all of these levels and layers that they've incorporated into this extremely messed up timeline. Uh, and Flashpoint just kind of adds a, adds a new di- dimension into that. And so, yeah, I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. Do you feel it was used to write them out of a few corners? Okay, wow. That's a really good question, Bell. Because it kind of feels like they didn't know how to get Caitlin from Caitlin to Killer Frost in a way that was organic or because they just didn't do it at the beginning. How do you feel? On uh, on the contrary, I think they could have used it to etch a sketch, if you will, do a, a new 52 type of, you know, it's time travel. We don't have to explain it. Just everything's the way that we want it now. But they have consistently not taken that route. I mean, you know, something that you guys have actually seen on Legends is is what appeared to be this amazing way of bringing Eobard Thawne back. Quote, unquote, amazing. Also, you know, theoretically sort of like cheap of like, here's the MacGuffin device. It's going to make all of, all of things back the way we want them to be. But even with that device in play, you know, they don't do it. And so, you know, here with, with Flashpoint, they had an opportunity to really make some things, uh, maybe clean some things up. And I think... The contrary is the situation. Rather than clean things up, they made it even more messy, and that's not a bad thing. I think uh, a messy, a messy timeline, messy characters make for good stories uh, when they're they're crafted appropriately and when kind of the landing is stuck. And I, I think they have been building to stick the landing here with this story. You know, Caitlin in particular. You know, I, I think there's a natural story to get her to Killer Frost. I, you know, all. The only element that was needed was her metagene activated. And so from that standpoint, that's really the only thing that we saw happen. Um, you, know, di- you know, that's the one difference that happened in between uh, pre-Flashpoint and post-Flashpoint. And that honestly could have happened at any time. Like, you know, there could have been a explosion at Star Labs right next to the cooling system. And, you know, bada bing, bada boo, you're there. So Another, another meteor shower, as it were. A- exactly. <laughs> well, and, you know... Speaking of kind of, you know, the, you're, you're referencing Smallville and how they yes. did that uh, at the end of season four as kind of a way to, to refresh the bad guys. Um, you know, I've, I've been kind of speculating for some time that, that something like a, another particle accelerator uh, situation would probably happen uh, around this time. And it sort of did just in, in this case, it was, you know, timelines converging and, and that sort of thing and alchemy and our own little MacGuffin device over on, uh, over on flash. You got to have a MacGuffin device. That's, that's, that's Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're familiar with that with legends. Would you say flash is better this season or last season? Bell? How dare you <laughs> bell? You ignorant. No, I'm not going to actually say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Hmm. I think so. I think so. I think that last season, they, there was a gear shift mid-season last season uh, of season two. There was a gear shift around the middle of the season. And some of the bigger moves in later season didn't necessarily match up with what came before to the point where the ending felt very forced and somewhat trite. Um, you know, the idea is like, oh, well, he's just crazy. That seems kind of like a... I, I don't know. That, that seems a little... It cheapens the impact of the villain if at the end of it, they, they've seemed kind of crafty and they've seemed like they've had this massive plan, but when it all comes down to it, it's really just, let's just race each other. Um, it, it kind of felt like an Armageddon 2001 sort of thing, maybe? Like they switched gears halfway through or... Well, you know, I, I, I think 
and I could be wrong on this, but 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 I got the sense that in season two they wanted to tell uh, a story with Jay Garrick and and with Zoom, and l- they decided to change things up, and so they made Jay Garrick Zoom now. Some people are yelling at their iPod. That wasn't Jay Garrick. That was, you know, Hunter Zolomon. And I, I know he was Hunter Zolomon, but he was, you know, he was Jay Garrick on Earth 2 as well. So, you know, one way or the other, the way they told that story did not sit well with me. The, the very concept that Jay Garrick's helmet is the helmet of a, like a, a murderer um, is really, really unsettling. Uh, on top of that, the murderer who wore it uh, got it from his abusive drunk father. It like it, they they tainted the Jay Garrick helmet, which was really, in, in my opinion, probably the the most egregious thing the series has has done. Now that being said, it's it's one of a very few th- egregious things in, in what has been a, an amazing series. So you know, the ending, in my opinion, they didn't stick the landing of season two, and that kind of has repercussions for how I can go back and watch that season with enjoyment. So season two, as it stands right now, in my opinion. Not the best season of The Flash. This one right here has been fantastic. I mean, really, like, we've gotten some story elements and, and some characterizations that I think kind of harken back to uh, season one. You know, the villains in particular, Alchemy and Savitar, I would have never imagined those two to be as compelling as they, they have made them. Um, you know, I, this, this even, you know, the, the notion of who is Savitar, they do it to us every single season, this big, big mystery, like, who's the man behind the mask? And, uh, and it works so well. And so I'm, I'm really excited to find out who Savitar is going to be when it's all said and done. And, um, and yeah, so they've really built up the threat. Uh, this feels, even though, yes, in fact, we are dealing with another, speed, another evil speedster, there's something different this time. Uh, every single time it's been a little bit more different, right? It's up the ante every single time. And uh, this season in particular, I think, has been a ton of fun. Well, speaking of the end of last season, how would you like this season to end? Um, man, that's a good question. Okay, so how would, so how do I want it to end or how do I think it's going to end? Yeah, uh, yeah, both questions, I guess. How how do you think it will end and how do you want it to end? Okay, so I think what's going to happen, I think we're going to end on a pretty dark note uh, because I believe that Iris will be saved but that Joe is going to end up sacrificing himself in the process. I think that Joe is going to end up dying at the end of the season. I really don't want that to happen, but I have a feeling that it is. Um, three seasons, three parents, one each season. Sounds I, you know about what? right. <laughs> there's, there's something to that. There's something to that. But, uh, yeah, I, it, I guess it really would not be a season finale without a, a parent dying in, in, in Barry's arms, for sure. But beyond that, he they've that character's story is kind of told or at least from from this standpoint i mean he's he's too happy and when 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 characters get happy that's when you know they're about to die because that's <laughs> that's when they just you know pull out pull out the audience <laughs> audience's heart and just you know squeeze it that's that's just yeah, i'm about to retire i'm i just bought a boat and i'm going to move down to florida it's my last day of work that nothing could happen today that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. <laughs> Family guy, of course. Um, but yeah, so I think that Joe's going to die. I think it's going to end on a really dark note from that standpoint, um, which I don't know that I necessarily want. Uh, I, I like, I do like the idea of ending on a little bit more of an uplifting note 
And I, I think that that can be done and still leave some pretty significant cliffhangers. I think, you know, I think the fact that we know what we know, uh, that next season the, the main villain is not going to be a speedster, I think, you know, setting up something from that standpoint can be kind of a nice way to end the season without having to, to end on a funeral. But let's be honest, it's going to end on a funeral. So then let's keep going on this uh, on the finale here. Okay, who do you think Savitar is? Oh, okay. So there's a lot of great theories out there, and I see the merit in all of them. You know, one of the most popular theories is that that Savitar is Barry from the future. Uh, you know, I'm the future Flash gets quoted quite a bit. I still think that there is a ton of evidence that supports the idea that Savitar is actually HR. Uh, that he is Harrison Wells of Earth-19. I realize that a lot of people don't like that idea because they think it's a little bit too much like, oh, Tom Cavanaugh's the bad guy again. Although I would, you know, I would argue that, you know, we've never, we've never seen this. For one thing, we've never seen an evil Harrison Wells. We've never actually seen an evil Harrison Wells. We've seen, you know, Eobard Thawne portrayed, you know, pretending to be Harrison Wells. We saw Harrison Wells of Earth-2, who everybody thought was evil, but it was actually not. Um, so, you know, there is always this, the villain being tied to Wells. And so I get that people don't necessarily like that concept. I just think that there's a lot pointing to it being, you know, Harrison Wells of earth 19. And so I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of hanging my hat on that, but I've seen a lot of great theories, man. I've seen, I've seen a lot of great theories passed around. So, okay. So which one, you know, pie in the sky time, if you were writing it, which one would you make it? Would you make it Harrison Wells or would you make it somebody else? Oh man. Um, you know, I've, it's funny, I guess if, if I was the one calling the shots, I probably would not have tied Savitar directly to any one of these particular characters. Um, I, just cause I think that there's something, you know, having kind of a, a freshness involved of, of it being kind of a, a wholly unique, uh, take on, on maybe even like an evil speed force, maybe something like the, the negative speed force incarnate, you know, we get this idea that Savitar has been, around since the beginning and that he's the first speedster. There's clearly a lot of lore that, that I think that Savitar is kind of created around himself uh, across all, all Earths. Um, we also get a, a, a sense in which Savitar appears to be outside of the multiverse. Like he seems to exist outside of the multiverse because of whatever's coming his way. Um, that doesn't answer your question. Uh, Gideon. No. You know okay. what? I'd make it Gideon because... <laughs> Because there's still kind of this big, in my opinion, question mark of like, you know, the Gideon that you've got on Legends, which Gideon is that? Is that Gideon before Flash Season 1? Is that Gideon after Flash Season 1? Backrid or? We know that Barry actually creates Gideon. uh, So, you know, there is kind of, uh, you know, in fact, Savitar said very specifically, you know, you're there when I'm I'm made into what I am. And so, you know, they're, 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 I don't know. it's not Gideon. I'm just saying, like, if, if I was the one called the shots, I don't know. Maybe I would work that out just so we could close up some loopholes in there as well. Okay, so let's say it's finale night and they reveal who Savitar is. Well, actually, they'll probably do it the week before. Which character on the canvas would just annoy you? Where you'd get on the mic the next night and just be like, oh, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm really annoyed. Like, who would that be? I don't, I can't say that I'd be annoyed by it being anyone in particular. Um, just because I've, I've enjoyed the ride so much. 
you know, as long as as long as they don't take Jay Garrick's helmet and you know wipe wipe the floor with it. Well, uh, what if it's Jay Garrick's helmet as Sabaton? Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. That would annoy me. What do you think his armor is made out of? Come on. Now. Oh my goodness. Yes, that would be that would be problematic. Um, but no, man. So in terms of like white characters. I w- I, annoyed is not the word I would use, but if it ends up being a future Barry Allen, I don't like the idea of future Barry as a villain. I, I know that there's basis in the New Fifty Two for that, and and you know I understand where people are kind of pulling from. I don't think it makes sense, especially in a um, a character that is like basically, we've got a character in Savitar that that is a causal loop. Like that that's been very much kind of the theme of, of who this character is. So unlike, you know, somebody like Eobard where he's very susceptible to what's going on in the present present time, Savitar is experiencing the present time as his past. Like he, he said very spe- he says very specifically that he ha- he is, you know, everything that he is happening is not just his distant past, but it is his personal past. And so he's interacting with his own timeline, uh, his own personal timeline. So if it was to be Barry Allen, that would mean in order for Savitar to be future Barry Allen, then Barry would have to actually be future Savitar. And I I just can't go there. And yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not down with the future Barry. I, I get it, and I think there's been some great arguments made. You know, obviously next episode that we're getting is the once in future flash, so I think some of that speculation will be either cleared up or firmed up in, in that particular episode, but yeah, that's the one that, that I would not be a big fan of. Which probably means it's going to be future Barry Allen. <laughs> uh, so what would you like to see in Season 4 since we know there's not a speedster villain? I, you know, I love that they've, they've done the detective aspect uh, over and over again. I, but I also get the idea that that's a little repetitive for people. I mean, in my opinion, it's detective comments. There needs to be a detective story involved. Um, but I do get that it's repetitive for a lot of people. So I think maybe telling a different kind of narrative where it doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, who is the man behind the mask or, or you know, um, I think that if, you know, what I would love to see, you know, I'd love to see the rogues uh, playing a big role. I would love to see Caitlin as kind of uh, either the primary villain or, you know, in, in league with the primary villains. You know, I've, I've wanted actually since the get go this idea of maybe doing a Captain Cold Killer Frost type of relationship where, um, you know, he's almost like this, this, this dark, evil Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, teaching her how to be evil. Because everything we've seen from Caitlyn is about emotion, right? Like, it's all, it's all this kind of like, um, she, she's almost like the Hulk, right? Like, it's, it's very impulse-driven, it's very anger, emotion, coldness, but there's not necessarily a plan. She's not really got a grasp of like what it is that she wants to do as a villain. She, she now kind of tunes out the rest of the world and she, she no longer has the empathy that she does in, in kind of her Caitlyn persona. But what does that mean? At, at the end of the day, if Caitlyn has no morals, what is it that she wants to accomplish and what is it going to take for her to have to do that? And so I think that she will need some guidance on her journey, on, on, on whatever her destiny holds as a villain. And so having somebody like a Captain Cold come in, an experienced, you know, an experienced villain, experienced killer, um, could be really compelling. Now, in order to do that, you got to have Captain Cold back. And therein lies a bit of a challenge, which is that, you know, he's dead or doesn't exist or what, you know, wherever we are. 
Um, but yeah, I would love to see Captain Cold come back. I'd love to see the Rogues, and I'd love to see Caitlin um, kind of brought up and, and do that kind of almost a twist on the hero's journey and make it like the villain's journey. Okay, so when you said detective stuff for a second there, I was wondering if you were trying to say like you want to see maybe like them move more towards Law and Order, which I think Jesse L. Martin would be like, well, I kind of did that, but I mean, oh, no, would he, you like to? He's going to be dead though, you know. He's... Yeah. <laughs> you, so, did you, would you like to see more police procedural type stuff? Maybe you know, move a little bit in that realm. Is that would that solve the you know the whole mystery aspect that they've been kind of building every season with the who the big bad is? if they moved more towards a procedural type thing or no, I I would say that I think that uh, that, well, you know, I I do miss (laughs) Barry only ever did it once, but he did this Sherlock thing when he was, you know, on a crime scene and he was kind of taking stock of what was there. And you kind of saw the way his mind works and how he was assessing, uh, you know, what the, I, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but almost like the measurement of the body or something of that nature. And so whenever we get a chance to see Barry Allen, you know, as just a, a really good uh, forensic scientist, I think that that can be that can be really great. And I, actually, I was going back and um, watching Arrow season two for a special episode that we did called Arrow TV Talk season two. Uh, and in that watching Barry, you know, operate on Oliver and, you know, he even says very specifically, I usually I usually work with dead bodies or I've, I've only ever worked with dead bodies. And uh you know, just kind of seeing him in that kind of role, he was almost doing, he would mean, he was Caitlin Snow. You know what I mean? Like, like it was seeing Barry facilitating totally a Caitlin type of role. And so now he's had to kind of work his way into more of an Oliver type role. And Caitlin has kind of taken that, that, that space. But yeah, no, I, I think, um, seeing Barry getting back to, hmm, see, seeing him use some of those talents a little bit more, be it on the job or otherwise, I think can be a really great thing. I think it really comes down to emotion and um, and feeling some connection with whoever the villain is or whatever the stakes may be. Um, you know, one thing that Arrow did very well in its first couple of seasons was really establishing these emotional ties between uh, Oliver and and the villain. Uh, that that worked extremely well in season one for Flash with the connection with. You know, Eobard's connection that he had with Flash and just the complexity that he had with Barry and and having to deal with the emotional like connection he was building up for someone he hated so severely. You know, it, it and just that was that was that was great. You felt that Zoom was, uh, you know, Zoom, you never really felt the emotion, so to speak. I feel like with what they were trying to do with, you know, quote unquote, Jay and the the emotional connection he had with Caitlin always came across as a little forced. And so you never really quite felt it there. I actually, I feel more connected to the relationship that Caitlin has currently with, uh, with, I was about to call him alchemy, but with Julian, uh, than I did with... That's, the that's okay, I still call him Malfoy. So. Oh, hey, you know, you gotta... <laughs> he, he, he does look like Malfoy, doesn't he? <laughs> Malfoy, who's all grown up now. Um... So, uh, but anyway, I think rather than just like going kind of cop procedural versus mystery or anything like that, I think the main thing is to, to find a way to have the villains connected with the characters, um, or pose a, an emotional threat beyond just the, I'm going to kill everybody you love. Cause that's something that we've seen, you know, that's something that we've seen before, but have it mean something, have whoever 
that big bad is going to be, have that person mean something uh, to to our heroes, or have them mean something to the bad guy. You know, the other the other factor too is that we're dealing with time travel, and so that opens up for a lot of ways for characters to be connected to one another. You know, the fact that Savitar, you know, is experiencing his past in the present. Me, like it gives you kind of these deeper emotional connections to everything that's going on between him and everyone else around them because you buy that he is very connected. Like he, he refers to them very personally. You know, he refers to Wally as Wallace, you know, and, and even just when they've got uh, Alchemy Julian under, under interrogation, the way in which he converses or Savitar converses through him to everyone is very familiar. And so they've done a really good job in this season with that. And so I think as long as they continue to do that and maybe just change it, change up a couple of things here and there, um, I think that can, that can work really well. Well, as we all know, the, the rogues are some of Flash's greatest uh, villains, enemies. Uh, what rogue is your favorite? Oh, okay. So Captain Cold, probably without question, is my favorite rogue. Um, you know, Eobard is Eobard and, and Cold are, are my two favorite, like Flash villains. But in terms of like you know textbook rogue, I mean you got to go Captain Cold all the way. Okay, so season four, next season. Usually they try to add one or two people to the mix. Who would you like to see added to the show? Is there anyone you can think of? Because I, I I have a thought, but I want to see if maybe you know. Who would you like to see added to the show in season four? You know, Barry always had a solid relationship with Hal Jordan from the comics. And, you know, I know they've, they've been teasing out, you know, Hal Jordan and, and kind of, you know, very much kind of in the background, but we've seen before that they do pay that off. Right. Um, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll wait a while to pay off some of those little tiny references in the background. And so I think that bringing in Hal Jordan, he doesn't have to be the Green Lantern. In fact, I would even say maybe have him involved uh, sparingly this season and then maybe in the future have him play more of a major role either in this, this you know, maybe in Flash, maybe it's in Legends, who knows. But I think, I think Hal Jordan would be a great character to bring in. Um, the, other, the other person, and I would love this to be involved in season if not next season then the next but we we got to get bart we got to get bart allen You're right didn't think um, of that either <laughs> you know i think that uh you know there there's one of the one of the great things that that this show has done in terms of increasing kind of diversity uh with with the west family is that they've they've changed the the allen family tree in terms of kind of like, you know, not just, not just do we get, uh, you know, now that, you know, if, if Iris is a, you know, an African-American woman and, you know, her father's an African-American man, you know, you start to kind of do the math even before they introduced Wally and you realized, oh, Kid Flash is going to be, you know, we're, we're going to get a black Kid Flash. Right. Uh, and then like, you know, for those of us who, who continue to do the math and be like, oh, wait a minute, that actually means that, that Bart is going to be black as well. And so we've actually got a, uh, you know, some, a very diverse Flash family uh, right. in a way that we've never seen before. And so I think that there's kind of an aspect of um, maybe wanting to keep Bart a little bit closer to the chest because they, they've been toying around, especially this season, with a will-they-won't-they they with Barry and Iris. And so you know to have 
you know, to have Bart on the scene is going to confirm a lot of things, um, you know, in terms of who exactly his parentage is. Uh, and so I think that, you know, one of the things that as we finish out this season with what I hope will kind of be a solidifying of Barry and Iris, you know, we don't have to have a will they won't they anymore after the season. I think they've done a really right. great job with it. And now we can kind of move forward and, uh, with that solid relationship. And so I think having them maybe even as they're planning their wedding, meet their grandson could be a really interesting and, uh, and kind of funny, funny thing. You know what I mean? And so I think there's a lot of, a lot of fun to be had there. And so, yeah, I, I, I really want to see Bart Allen play, play into this. You know, we've got to have the big moments where we have right. Barry, Wally, Bart and Jay, uh, you know, teaming up in, and you know, what's beautiful about that and, and the way that they've told this story is that the flash family is truly a flash family. Uh, we right. have, a Wally, and again, this is this is about the the, the the showrunners really making it their own. We have a Wally who's not just a nephew, but is actually you know an adopted brother of Barry, and they they share so much more of a family connection than than Wally and Barry had, in my opinion, uh, or the the original Wally rather from the comics had that, that with Barry. So they've they've got a stronger bond there. They've made Jay Garrick not just this Flash of another of another Earth, but the doppelganger of his father. Like there is, there is on some multiversal level, a biological connection between Barry and Jay Garrick. And then of course, on top of that, Bart Allen, who's always been, you know, kind of tied uh, more directly in in terms of Barry's lineage. uh, This is just, it's a, it's such a amazing way they've woven the Flash family to be even more of a family uh, than, than just a name only. And so I've, I, I love that. I love that, you know, we, we have to be building to that moment. So whether that's this season, this coming season rather, or next season, we just got to have Bart Allen. Oh man. You know what? Let me change my answer for how I want the season, this season to end. I want Bart to <laughs> pop up at the very end. I want, I want Bart to like, you know, it's your kids, Marty. They're my parents, you know, or something like that. Like, you got to have that. That'd be great. Well, what, you know who I was trying to think of though? I kind of want to see Ellen Gated, man. Like, I want to see a Ralph and oh, a really? Sue. Okay. I mean, because well, I mean, they were so associated with Barry Allen. Like, you know, they a, were very tight. That's that's a difficult power set to pull off on television. That's just a difficult power set to make look right, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I just, there's, because that would also bring back the detective story. Because, again, Ellen Gated Man is very much like Batman light. You know where that and and we get the nose. So <laughs> not to not to rain on your parade, but I think yeah. they actually might be dead in this universe. No. Yeah, I think when um. Oh yeah, that does kind of ring Eobard, a bell. Eobard Thawne was talking to Blackout. I think it was the episode, the first season, um, when Flash lost his powers the first time because he got sh- he got um. Hit by lightning by that one guy. Can't remember. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did list off a bunch of names, and I think one of them was Ralph Dimby. Ah, oh, I gotta go back and look at that. That that makes me sad. I mean, I love the idea of Bart too, but I've always had a thing for Ralph and Sue. So. No, I uh, agree with you. I just it's, it's just sad that they killed them off right away. <laughs> right. I mean, they're they're fine. Elongated man, you know. He's is it elongated man or elongated man? It's elongated. It's elongated, man. But then you've also got Plastic Man as well, so there's kind but of could like... you imagine imagine uh, Cisco naming him? <laughs> or or just yelling at him about the name. Like, really? That's what you went with? Yeah. 
I don't know, man. That's that's a tough that's a tough move set or power set to show showcase. Yeah, it is. And the character, I don't know that there's enough equity there unless unless you go with like a, um, you know, if you wanted to go with a uh, what was it identity crisis type of story arc. Ooh, good call. Um, I mean, you you could kind of lay some groundwork there, but I would even argue that you can go. You could do that story without having to have elongated men and Sue. You could you could use other characters. Right. Yeah. Um, well, one of the major things that happened this season was the big crossover with all four shows uh, with the invasion, and then later on in the season was the crossover with Supergirl with the musical episode. How do you personally feel about the crossovers, and what would you like to see them do with it in the future? Would you like to see more, or would you like to see less? You know, the first ever crossover was really solid, I thought. Um, I know it, it had its critics, especially on the way that they kind of handled uh, Rainbow Raider and, and, you know, kind of wrapped him up in like two seconds at the at the very tail end. That's a character, by the way, I hope we see again, because I think they, they're barely, I, they've just scratched the surface with what they could do with Rainbow Raider. Um, the The crossover episodes, in my opinion, work better when they serve to move both stories forward and they don't take a break to go do something separate, uh, altogether. Um, that's really tricky to do. I mean, the more, the more shows we have, the, the trickier it becomes, uh, you know, the other factor too, is just the, the relationships that exist. So like the Barry Oliver relationship, I, I totally love. I, I like their dynamic. I think it works really well. The Barry Kara dynamic is one of the best in the entire universe. Um, I, they they've nailed this brother sister thing between these two characters. Like they the, the chemistry between them is amazing. Uh, and, and in fact, probably he probably has better chemistry with her than he does with most people. Uh, you know, most of his friends from his own universe. You know Including I mean? Iris. <laughs> well, it's different though. Now, I would yeah. I would actually argue the chemistry that he's he's got a ton of chemistry with Iris, but that's like intense romantic chemistry. Like it with Kara, there's no romance between them. It's very much a he's got a better sibling chemistry with her than he does with Iris, and that's probably for the best when it's all said and done. Right. <laughs> but, well, I was gonna say it's like you know. Yeah, they can never move from brother and sister chemistry to romantic. I mean, who, how would that ever work? Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> that just got awkward. The problem, the problem when you it comes down to it, things. The problem. <laughs> when, yeah, let's let's not. Can we? Can we not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the the problem uh, overall, I think, is is really about kind of the the large crossovers. I think that because Flash is dealing with time, and because Legends is dealing with time. Uh, and the fact that they're both dealing with time in very different ways creates a lot of problems. And so, you know, like the, this big crossover that we've got this this last past season was heavily problematic, um, especially because everybody was on Barry Allen's case for changing the universe. When your your guys over on Legends, man, they do that like like you know every single Thursday or whenever that show was coming on back then before it moved time slots. You know what I mean, like. And, and it's not like we brought dinosaurs to LA. Oh wait. Oh wait. Oh oh oh. Barry broke time because you know <laughs> Cisco's was rich for two seconds and now he's not. Oh oh. It's fine. Oh Barry. Barry's so wrong. Freaking Legends has you know pyramids and aliens and you know T Rex <laughs> and uh, and Central City or wherever they were at the end of the season. So you know I think 
think I think people need to cut Barry some slack from that standpoint. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, the, the self-imposed guardians of time, are like they are supervillains, in my opinion. Wow! Wow! Yeah, shots no, fired. They are supervillains. They're being fired. led by an assassin. Uh, they eradicated the governing body that existed to protect time, and ever since then, they've been wrecking it. Legends of Tomorrow is, by very definition of anybody outside looking in, a team of supervillains. Wow. Wow. It's certainly one way to look at it. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. That seriously makes sense. I really can't argue the point. They're lovable. Yes. uh... (laughs) So is Mick. (laughs) He's the most lovable of them all, and so there you go. I mean, yeah, they're the super villains. Obviously, they're 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 trying, they're trying, but uh, right, yeah. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel, man. They could have. I'm still a little bitter that that legends did not end with a a resurrected cold and Eobard. I was I was really pulling for that, and so y'all's finale. We all. I was. It was a cool cool moment the way that it ended, but. You know the fact that when it was all said and done, we 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 didn't get to keep our toys at the end of it. As a, they as a, basically edge sketched it. It was like there was no reason for the season at all. They put everybody back where they were. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yes, we went on this great ride, and now we're back. Yeah, the, the rip is gone, and <laughs> we broke time, and everybody's back where they belong. And Eobard's either dead or alive. We still don't know. The fight scene was excellent, and actually, oh, I loved I loved the moment between Malcolm and Damien where they were like, you know, let's let's get back to basics. And, you know, he pulls out his bow and he pulls out his sword, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome! Like, yes, actually, I remember right before they said that, I was like, why are these guys? Why? Why? Malcolm doesn't need to be using guns. Come on now, he's, he's the Dark Archer. That's great. Well, that's about all the time we've got for this. Let's real quick. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you guys when you record? You know. Uh, what's your, you know, tell us about Flash TV Talk. Flash TV Talk, that's right, the number one rated podcast for the CW television hit series, The Flash. Uh, find all links to it at flashtvtalk.com. But hey, the way that you need to be listening to it is on the Satchel Podcast Player. Uh, just go to satchelplayer.com, download that if you've not already. It's a great player for a lot of different reasons, one of which is that you can support the very podcast that you're listening to now. Yes, even Legends TV Talk and beyond. Uh, find out more satchelplayer.com for that. Uh, but you can also follow us at Flash TV Talk. You can follow me. I'm at the Real Bo York. You can follow Bell. Actually, he is a host of this show, so I will not. But you can you can go ahead. He'll be he'll be he's here. So yeah, uh, you can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. <laughs> uh, you know, I spell my name B E A U. He spells his name B E A L L. We make it complicated because that's what we started doing on another podcast called Panel to Screen. Yes, we have two. So. Check those They're out. Wonderful. <laughs> oh well. Oh, I want to thank you for just uh, you know coming in and talking to us a little bit about you, about your show and what you think of the Flash. Uh, hopefully, we might try to do this again come towards fall. You know, get everybody psyched for the new season. Um, but I can't recommend enough. Uh, if you're listening to this, you should be downloading Flash TV Talk. However, you're downloading podcasts. That's uh, thanks again, Bo and Bell, and uh, and thanks, Kyle. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Well, hey, I, I just – you cut this in or, or, or otherwise, but I, I do want to say one more time. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, you guys have doing an amazing job uh, with, with Legends TV Talk. I've been blown away. Uh, you, you are the reason that I came back to watch Legends over and over again because I was enjoying y'all's podcast so much. So thank you all for the good work that you all do with uh, Legends TV Talk and for the DC TV fandom at large. You guys are awesome. 
All right. Thanks, both. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Bo. <laughs> Okay, I want to thank uh, Bo there for him uh, coming in and interviewing with us for a little bit. Up next, in our final interview of the night, we actually went ahead and asked our co-host from Legends TV Talk to sit down with us and kind of, I don't want to say win us over to Arrow, but just uh, talk to us a little bit about what it is Arrow you know, is going to be doing this season. Uh, it turned into almost a sales pitch on his part to kind of bring us back into the fold. You know, Arrow was the first show I think all of us started watching. It led all of us to go to Flash and the Legends TV talk. Arrow is really the foundation that this whole universe has been built on. So it's kind of neat. It's kind of interesting to hear. I hope you guys are going to like it. So here is my awesome co-host, Kyle Krause, to kind of sit down with us and go over why we should all sit and watch Arrow. So here's Kyle for you. All right, we're speaking live now with Kyle Krause, and uh, he is the co-host, of course, of Legends TV Talk, your favorite podcast, and he's also a semi-regular co-host of the Atomic Geekdom Podcast. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Uh, don't do, do not mind the uh, squeaky noise. That's my dog in the background. Oh, we're very professional here. No worries. <laughs> very much indeed. So, um, so tell, tell us a little bit here. Um, you know, obviously there's no regular Arrow TV talk. I know, uh, Bo and Bell have kind of been, uh, doing it like here and there and they're doing it a season at a time, but I, I mean, you're kind of the Arrow guy. Um, you know, I've kind of semi given up on it. I'm sure I'll, what I tend to do now is I binge it during the summer because watching it during the week, I just get frustrated and annoyed sometimes, but, uh. You know, Arrow's been the show with what seems like the steepest decline in the ratings. What would you say would account for that? Uh, Well, a lot of the steep decline in the ratings, I definitely believe, has been the Elicity storyline and how it just moved from just it being a focus on Oliver and Felicity instead of the overall story. Uh, So they kind of CW'd in a bit. Yeah, they see they CW'd it a lot. Yes, I stuck. I I've yeah, I've stuck with it. I've never missed an episode. Um, everyone everyone was like always like, oh, season three and four were really terrible. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? There were some really good episodes. Everyone's forgetting that in the beginning of season three, they they brought in Wildcat. They brought in the the start of Black Canary, and they had a regular team arrow. So there's there's a lot to it that people are forgetting and in, and in season 4 you got the dramatic uh, costume change which looks which looked a lot like um the new 52 style of it. Right. Um and then you also I mean you also got introduced to magic and you also had Constantine in there and you had right. Vixen. So there was a lot to it. But yes, a lot of a lot of it was the story uh, revolving around Elicity. Now that has since stopped, and there is the ratings have gone up a little bit. 
uh, people have, are beginning to, to say that you know season five is getting back to its roots, uh, much like it, it's almost on par with season two. Okay, well, I, I I can agree with you there. I mean, speaking for me, I think the problem I've always had with Arrow is, and I mean even this season. Okay, I I mean I watched it during the um, during the uh, crossover, obviously. But it seems like what Arrow does best is it starts well, like you said. They introduced Wild, uh, they they worked, uh, you know, Laurel into the Black Canary role, and you know, season three and four they started well, and then what happened was it seemed like again they shift focus to the Elicity storyline and they start to fizzle, and then they lose focus and they'll go, you know, follow Diggle to the middle of Iraq for some reason, which seems to carry something. I mean, do you think that maybe there there's the season's too long? I mean, do you think maybe they should lower down the you know number of episodes? I mean, how do you think things could be fixed? I guess is a is a really good question. I mean, because we haven't had Elicity this year, supposedly, even though they're now the will they or won't they? I mean, what do you think? A a lot of people have been wanting to have like all these types of shows do like the Netflix model, do 13 episodes and then that's it for the season. They gets the story done better. I I like the longer seasons. I mean, we get to stay with these characters longer and we get to develop we get to develop them more. Um Yeah. I I personally I would I like the longer seasons. Um, especially like say I don't like for season four if they had a shorter season I don't think they'd be able to do Constantine they wouldn't be able to do Vixen they wouldn't have been able to do the hundredth episode which brought back a lot of characters that have died so having having longer episodes I think is a must for at least a show like this now it worked on Legends a lot because that that was always going to be a shorter shorter episodes show Oh, right. Absolutely. So then, given that, what would you say your favorite season is and why? Why? Season two. Um, it's it's everyone's. everyone's favorite season. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stroke and Wade Wilson played a big part in Oliver's life on the island and then substantially off the island, uh, which made him a big threat to him and the city. Uh, he had to he had to almost uh, almost go on the verge of killing Slade again quote unquote to get the job done but he had um, Felicity use a use a Mirakuru depowering arrow to um, level the playing field which turned out to be one of the greatest fight scenes of that whole season and then you also get the you also get the introduction of Sarah's Black Canary and you get Rory Roy 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 as um, as quote unquote speedy Red Arrow and Arsenal uh, coming to fruition and then I mean you also get the mask from Barry Allen you also get Barry Allen, too. So, yeah, that's why season two is probably my favorite. So how do you feel about the newer characters this year? Uh, they're kind of shaking up the team. What, what do you feel about that? 
Well, at first when they announced all these characters, I was like, okay, sweet, they're adding more DC characters. Wild Dog, I've never, I had never heard of before. Um, he's an joining. old '80s hero. He's an he, old yeah. '80s hero, and, and he's they, dressed just like that. <laughs> yeah, which which is great. They they had him. I mean, just like they do in the comics, which is great. I love it. I love it when they when they, when they do that. Some of it doesn't always um, work well. The translation of costumes to TV, but it worked for that. And when they introduced Ragman, I mean, again, I had to look him up because I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> Mister Terrific, I knew about because he was he was on the Justice League uh, Unlimited animated show, so I right. knew who that was. And then um, they had Artemis who I knew about because she was on Teen Titans. Yes, this is a completely different Artemis, right. but I'd still I'd still had um, background with the character. And now they brought in uh, Dinah Drake, which is the Golden Age Black Canary, which I'm like, when that reveal happened on TV, I'm just like, oh, holy crap, they, you know, this is one way to bring yep. back Black Canary in, in, the good, in a good way. Do I miss Laurel? Yeah, I I'm one of those people that actually did like Laurel throughout the whole throughout the whole series. And now that she's I mean, now that uh Katie Cassidy's coming back as Black Siren for season 6, I'm I'm excited to see more of her on my television. So, so that you would say are you saying that you're officially shipping Ali and Dinah? No. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shipping anyone because I'm not I don't work for the CW. <laughs> I don't have to ship anything. Oh, come on. You got to you got to ship something. I mean, that's that's Bell's thing. You got to ship something. Okay, the Amazo. I'll ship the Amazo. <laughs> that's a season 2 reference. There you <laughs> go. Um No, I I don't want to ship Ollie and uh Dinah because I those those two characters aren't meant to be together. I will What? Not Dinah Drake. Well, I mean, there is no Dinah Laurel Lance anymore. She's well, she's gone. I will, I will ship. Yeah. I will ship the heck out of Laurel and Oliver because those two are meant to be together. Now I foresee that as a problem for Earth One Laurel to be with Oliver, but Earth Two Laurel could definitely happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I for me personally, it's like you know. This seems this version of Black Canary seems more Black Canary ish than Laurel ever really did. As far as the Black Canary, I like the spunky, uh, you know, not a lawyer, more of a, you know, more rough, a little rougher on the edges. I could picture this one wearing fishnets and trying to fight in fishnets and go-go boots. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say they're missing the fishnets, and then bam, yeah. you got her then. Yeah. So I mean, for me personally, I mean, there's a part of me that's like. But I'm I'm an old Green Arrow comic guy. Like I mean, I, I guess I wonder sometimes with this show, if, if you know. And I'll ask you this: Do you think that maybe Arrow could benefit from a shift in the tone, moving away from this being more of the Batman of this universe, to maybe more of the tone of the comic, uh, current comic, and the older version of him, which was he was far more social justice warrior. He was much more liberal. He was much more like. He was going after corporate fat cats, and he was always screaming and hollering about how you know society is treating the downtrodden and the poor and the weak, and you know being street level. 
you know, do you think maybe Arrow could benefit as a show if they shift their tone to something a little bit more like that, or do you think it would be too jarring to the base? I think it would be too jarring. Um, if they if they shifted the tone to the hard traveling heroes with Green Lantern, well, that's then it. I'd be that, all for it. Right, but that's that's the tone I'm talking about. It's the yeah, same type of tone. Yeah, was, if, you, if you did it for that, but they would have to have it with a Hal, Hal Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, you can't. I don't think. I don't think it will work now. If if at the end of season four last year, or at the end of season three, they moved. They did. They moved off to Coast City. Or, <laughs> yep. Yeah, they moved off to Coast City, and then if they were to have a like their dinners with. Um, Hal Jordan and uh, Carol. Carol Ferris. I, wow, I blanked at her name. That's odd. <laughs> that I happen. I love Green Green Lantern. If that was to happen, that I could see the tone being like that. But they didn't do that, so I don't. Right. I don't think that shift will happen. Could it benefit it? I don't think they want to shift their tone because they have they have Flash as their their uh, their light. So they need right. someone to be in the dark, which is which is this universe's arrow, right? Green arrow. And I and I definitely get that. I'm not so sure Stephen Mel could pull that off anyway. To tell you the truth, I couldn't see uh, him. I think he could. I mean, you've have you seen the new turtles? No. Okay. He's he plays he plays a pretty lighthearted uh, uh, Casey Jones. Okay. Well, it, it wasn't more, you know, the, the the version of Green Arrow that I'm used to. And, I mean, I've just been rereading uh, when they brought him back in the early 2000s when Kevin Smith Kevin wrote Smith. it and then Brad Meltzer yeah. and then uh, Judd, Ap- or Judd Apatow, yeah, Judd Good Winnick. Thing. And uh, that version of Ollie is, I mean, they really that's, captured the essence yeah, of that's, him. That's my version of Oliver because uh, I've... I went out and actually got that whole entire run before yeah. he, before they went over to Green Arrow and Black Canary. Right. And then I also picked up uh like Justice League, Cry for Justice and The Rise and Fall of Green Arrow. Oh, and that was then such it moved a great Brightest book. Day. Those were those yeah. are fantastic books and I those were fantastic storylines. So right. the, I I love I love that tone. He's still he's still more hard hitting. And then, right, but he's not like oh, you know. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of what I was looking for too. Was like, you know, my when I say social justice warrior, I mean he's still Ollie. He's angry and he 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 loses his temper and he rails against the establishment. Uh, you know, like that issue of with Kevin Smith where they went to the Watchtower, and you know from start to finish that whole thing was great. Where he's like he's getting sick from the teleporters like he used to, <laughs> and then you know. Wonder Woman gives him a kiss, and you know Martian Manhunter's like, "Let me read your brain." He's like, "Nah, doesn't take much to figure out what's on my mind right now." There, Jean, hold on. <laughs> you know, it it just I, I miss that. I mean, there's a certain aspect of humor to Oliver Queen that this version of Oliver doesn't have. He's not a lot of you know witty. I mean, it's he's kind of almost Iron Manish in the comics. That, you know, snarky, you know, but right type of thing that Oliver, this Oliver doesn't have. Uh, you know, so I just, it's one of those things, like, I really kind of, I miss that voice of Oliver. It's what I missed in New 52 when they recreated him. And bringing him back to that now in the comics, I'm reading Green Arrow again. You know? Because yeah, they no, kind of brought him back. Yeah. 
So, I mean, but getting back to Arrow, so another hero, another 80s hero, uh, they brought him in, and they actually brought in his alter ego, and they brought in the character of Adrian Chase. And then, you know, they did the spoiler. They did the whole big switch there with making him the big bad of the season. And instead of making him vigilante, they made him Prometheus. What do you think about that? How do you feel about Adrian Chase being the big bad? And is it kind of more, is it kind of like Flash season two where you think maybe they were going somewhere else and then all of a sudden decided, ah, let's switch it up? I loved that reveal uh, when that happened because no one was expecting it. I was expecting him, like, um, Adrian to be the vigilante, just like everyone was. But then when he took off his mask and it was Adrian being Prometheus, everyone, I was like, holy crap, they they did it. They, they kept it hidden from us, just like they kind of did with uh, Flash and uh, Zoom and Jay Garrick, quote-unquote Jay Garrick. So I love that. Um, I... I was okay. I'm definitely okay with him not being vigilante because that just means that there's another character out there who's vigilante and that he's someone out there that we'll eventually get to. I haven't heard anything about them unmasking vigilante anytime soon. Who do you think it might be? Uh, my guess it's probably someone on the uh, the uh, ACU team that right. Star City that uh, Mayor Queen. Started up when he became mayor. I kind of wondered if it wasn't uh, Lance. I no Lance. I wouldn't like it. I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying you know. I had a I had a feeling when they were. I mean, during the beginning of the season, they were. Um, there was like Lance had a throwing star. Yep. On his table when he woke up from a blackout, and I'm thinking, oh, that would be. That would be pretty amazing to see uh, Quinn Lance as Prometheus when he's on during his during his blackouts when he's drunk. They didn't go that route, but it would still would have been an amazing thing to do. Right, I totally agree. How do you think the season's going to end? Um. Well, a uh, quote from uh, Mark Guggenheim saying that uh, Star City's safe this season. Uh, <laughs> nothing is going to happen in Star City. It's not even the season finale is not going to even be on or involved in Star City. There's no terrorist attack or anything. Um, and they recently came out with so people uh, stop moving out in May. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that May will be safe for them. Uh, I mean, he recently came out and said, "Okay, episode 23. It's called Lee and You." So I think the season finale is going to end on Lee and You. Um, and I think there's going to be some. Well, it's already. Well, they've already announced it. I mean, Terminator is going to be. Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah. Uh, they. I haven't seen it announced, but I saw from set photos that Captain Boomerang is also returning to help with Prometheus. I think. Cool. So I think it's all. It's going to be like a free for all. Well, not a free for all, but uh, um, Talia and Adrian versus Oliver. Uh, Deathstroke and Captain Boomerang all on Lee and you and I'm thinking that uh, I think that uh, maybe Deathstroke will kill uh, Prometheus and Captain Boomerang and Prometheus will be just let go they'll be able to escape the island so that'll give them something to do in season 6 <laughs> right so which yeah I would love so, to see that happen 
So then, is that what you want to see for next year? Is something like that? Is that you know pie in the sky I, time? How, what would you want to see? I would love to see almost something like with the rogues. What what could possibly happen on the Flash with a a big supervillain group? I would love to see like all just, just mayhem in Star City again with a whole bunch of villains teaming up together, being sort of like an Injustice League. So to say, or a Legion of Doom. <laughs> Didn't we try but, that? <laughs> well, you know, it technically it's been uh, written out of history, so yeah, it can be done again. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could get any new character brought to the show next year, who would it be? New or returning character? New or returning, but like somebody coming back, or either coming back to the show or somebody from like the DC universe proper brought over. Ted Cord, Ted Cord. I would Ooh, love to have good on call. the show. Maybe just kind of what they did with Ray Palmer in season three, but I would love to have him be an al- be a lot more of an ally than um what Ray what Ray was. Then he turned against them. Then he turned then he right. turned and help him again. But I would love like to see Ted Cord with his with his Blue Beetle. And his blue beetle ship coming in. Right. Well, the bug. You gotta have the bug. Yeah. <laughs> you always gotta have the bug. Yeah, well, and not only that, that. The, in the comics, I mean, Cord had a thing for Oracle. So you, for Barbara, when she, even when she was in the chair, and you know, let's face it, Felicity really, she's Batgirl. Felicity is really, she's <laughs> re- no, she's really Oracle. Yeah, she's, she's really Oracle. Girl. Right, but she's, she's really like the Barbara Gordon. Totally believable. I can't believe I never thought of this. It's totally believable where she he could even be her boy, you know, the guy she chasing her, her boyfriend or whatever. You have yeah. Ted Cord show up and, you know. Well, they, they kind of did that with Ray, though. I, it, that would kind of suck. Yeah, like, it would be, oh, it's it my new boyfriend who's also a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, they kind of did it with Curtis. <laughs> Here's my new friend. He's also a superhero. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they, but but he but Curtis never went after Felicity. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I don't, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, I mean, I like, I love Mister Terrific, and I I like you know the comic version of him. Curtis, I'm you know he's not, you know he's not Stephen, you know. No, he's not. You know, and it, it's kind of like that. Yeah, and the, the character of Stephen Holt has got such a. Just in an overwhelming, I mean, just the overwhelming positivity and the brain power and the, yeah, he's the always keeping, man. yeah, he's keeping his cool at all times. He's just like, yeah, what, what what's going on? Look at my spears. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it would be, I mean, but I mean, on the other hand, I mean, I like this version. It's just different. So let me ask you this now. We're going into season six. I think Bell had a question here about the flashbacks. Bell? So now that the flashbacks are coming to a close, how do you think that Arrow's going to adjust to that? Well, the the five-year span flashbacks are going to end, but the flashbacks of other characters are not going to. Okay. They're, so they're going to incorporate stuff like they've done in the past, like with uh, Felicity's uh, Hacker Days or mm-hmm. John's uh, Service Days. They've They've done flashbacks of that, so I could see them doing it Every once in a while, where when the Become story sparing. needs it, right? Yeah, and they'll do that. Maybe I can't even say they'll do a flash forward because that's lost, and that that right. would be also flash to 
But yeah, the the flashbacks of like having it be in every single episode is not gonna is not gonna be it's not gonna be there. They're they're gonna be there, but not every single episode. And so I mean, you know, the big question, obviously. I mean, it seems like every year, fewer and fewer people with you know, like we talked about at the beginning. How much longer do you think the show can go on? How many more? How many more? How many more years do you have? How many? How much legs does it have? You would you well, say six seasons in a movie? So <laughs> I think. I, I mean, personally, I would never want the show to go off the air, but it it will eventually go off the air. I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe season seven be the last season. Uh, they wrap up the story and then maybe kill him. The car- no, nah, kill him. <laughs> they'll 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 keep him around for um, crossovers and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I mean, yeah. Again, I would never want to see this show end because I was very skeptic at the very beginning. I saw the very first episode, or right, right before the very first episode. I'm like. <sighs> You know what? This doesn't look like my Green Arrow that I'm used to. Um, I'll give it a shot. And then when after I saw the first episode, I'm like, "All right, I need to watch more of this. This, this, this needs to happen like almost every single day." But of course, it was a weekly show. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. So almost five, six years that I've been with this, that I've been watching this show, and I love every single minute of it. Well. Yeah, I can tell, and I mean it's it is a good show. Like I said, I'll probably catch up with it over the summer here, but uh, that we're pretty much out of time now. So uh, why don't you go ahead and tell uh, tell the good folks at home where they can they can find your podcasts that you're doing? Obviously, Legends TV Talk. We're we're going to be on a you know pretty much a hiatus. We'll have a few things here or there, uh, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about the Atomic Geekdom. Well, uh, the Atomic Geekdom podcast is. Um is a is a pretty uh hodgepodge of a uh of a show talk about a whole bunch of different topics uh, ranging from favorite books favorite movies childhood memories and everything um it's a weekly podcast um that you can find on satchel uh itunes google play um and it's yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty amazing uh show that I'm I'm glad to be part of now. Uh then you can also I mean find me on Twitter at KyleCrowsey eighty nine. Um I try to tweet as much as I can. I, I retweet a lot that I find interesting and amazing, so yeah, that's me. Well, awesome. Kyle, I wanna thank you uh for uh sticking around and uh talking to us a little bit about Arrow. Uh, we'll see you. Obviously, I'll talk to you again uh, next year for Legends TV Talk. And uh, thanks again, brother. Thank you. All right, take care. Thank you. There you have it. 
We have come to the end of the DC Supercast for the spring of 2017. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening today. Uh, it was an honor to speak to all of our guests today, from uh, Frank from Supergirl TV Talk to Bo from Flash TV Talk, and for Kyle and Bell, who are also my co-hosts on Legends TV Talk, and even for my buddy Tim, who co-hosts the Weekend Geek Podcast with Will and Tim, I want to say thank you guys very much. We really enjoyed giving you guys Legends TV Talk this year, and we're looking forward to next year. We'll be back Hopefully at some point this summer, talk about Comic-Con and maybe do another one of these before the fall. So with that, I'm going to say take care, and we will see you guys again soon. Thank you again. Bye-bye.